Hello. Hey. How are you? Good. Thank you for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming on, man. I'm still trying to figure out what I'm doing with this thing. Kind of just a um, passion project out of boredom from uh, from quarantine. Yeah, well, you got to start somewhere. That's right. Okay. To the listeners and the viewers, they would know you from Rad Girlfriend Records, uh, Raging Nathans, yes. Dopamines, yes. Dayton, Ohio, uh, unofficial mayor, right? <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, for a while, you know. Yeah. What's yeah, uh, I was kicking around for a while. Yeah. So, are you still in Dayton? Yeah. 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 Actually, one time I worked. I worked with this guy. And I told him that I was gonna run for city council. Yeah. And and I was like, like half kidding, you know, but like right. ha- like half serious. And boy, he got he got real mad at me. What? <laughs> Just not- yeah. I don't. I don't know why. I don't know if he thought like. Making a mockery of city council. I guess, man. But I, I was pretty serious. He he did not like it, which is which made me want to do it even more. Right, and you ultimately decided not to. I, I still think about it. Hey, man. I don't I think I'd last very long. Right. So, uh, Raging Nathan's. You guys put out music like you put out a new album like once a month. <laughs> uh. We we are we're we're making the most of our time Man. together. I think it's, you guys you guys are pr- pretty prolific. If if I can throw that word around, yeah. I mean that's a good thing. Um, right. It's a good thing unless your your songs suck. <laughs> right. And you guys' right? songs then, do not suck. Yeah. Then who cares? Right. Then you're just putting out a bunch of garbage one after the other, and it doesn't even you know it doesn't matter. Right. Which is, it's also funny because, you know, we've been a band for a long time, but it was always a side project until maybe 2014 or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty recently, 2015. And then when we started, even then, when we put out our first record, it was like four years before we put out another full length. And it's kind of only been recently where we've been pretty active, you know? Right. So you guys just put out a split. Is that out right now? Uh, the with one rec- with economics. That one is it's out digitally. So like you can get it on, you know, Spotify or Apple music or YouTube or whatever, but the records won't be here for another two weeks. Ah, then you put that out. Red girlfriend and red scare, right? Yep. That's crazy. Have you got yeah. has has Red Girlfriend put out splits or any other record with Red Scare before? No, no, yeah. this is the first one. That's pretty cool. Yeah, it was kind of unexpected. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I mean, I I've interacted with Toby from Red Scare for a while, but you know, whatever. We just had an opportunity to make something happen, so we did. Yeah, that's awesome, man. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Yeah, I was I listened to your episode with um, the Dummy Room today in, in preparation. <laughs> uh, I didn't realize yeah. that you guys put out or Red Girlfriend put out the uh, 
that mass intruder split. Yeah, that was uh, Rag Girlfriend 10, I believe. Damn. That's yeah, wild. It's kind of funny because I was looking. So I've been going through all all of the releases that we put out, and I've been trying to set one aside of each color and variant that we did and just like put it in a safe or something, you know? So I have a copy of it because I never kept copy. Dude, I just sell everything. And so I'm going through these records and I don't even have copies of certain records for myself. So I'm like, I literally the other day I had to order my own record (laughs) uh, from Discogs. Nice. But the, um, I found with the mass intruder record, the first pressing was 250 on black and 250 on purple. Yeah. And the purple ones, when it first came out, were going for like 80 bucks on eBay. Right. And so I found a bunch of, uh, well, a couple purple ones that I'd stashed away in, in a box and some, some of the second pressing where we did red, blue, yellow, and green. Yeah. And I was like, Oh shit. You know, maybe I can like, make some money because i had more than a couple you know i had like three or four of each so i went on ebay and and it was like i mean the purple one still sells for like 15 bucks which is good for a seven inch right. but i was like man i missed <laughs> just struck while the iron was hot you know shit but i don't like you know i don't know it's hard for me to sell sell personal records and things like that right it's uh, uh little pieces of you right yeah, absolutely. I don't know. I guess I always think that uh, I, I might need it some, or, <laughs> you know, or somewhere along the line it's going to come in handy. Right. So Help you uh, cut off your seatbelt in case you're in like a car accident or something. Yeah, man. You never know. Yeah. Have you uh, – so you guys talked about that one for a while in the dummy room. Uh, is there any release that you couldn't put out for whatever reason, like couldn't afford or – you already had your your year figured out that you wish you could have put out this year. Or no, just no, no. In gen- no, just in general, like in the history of Rad Girlfriend, something, um, that, something yeah, that you passed yeah, on. Tra- you know, yeah. so on a couple of these podcasts, I feel like I've told the same stories. A, okay. A couple of times. So, what uh, there was a record that was supposed to be a it was supposed to be a Plow United Mikey Erg split seven inch. Yeah that eventually did come out on this label artistic integrity who we were going to split it with. And this is like, this is years ago now. Like, but one of the only records that we never did was, was that. And so what, what had happened was like, uh, I had, uh, we had like agreed to do it with the band and with Mm -hmm. the other label and everything was like fine. And I had made a Facebook post just kind of like announcing like some record. It was like early in the year. It was like maybe, or maybe it was the end of the year, like December. I remember it was like winter time. And so I think I was probably just making like what's coming up this year, like right. what we have in the store. Yeah. And I remember I, I had announced that record or like said that we were going to do it. And I got this like really nasty email from Brian from Plow United. Yeah. And uh, like, talking about how you know they they'd like to do things a certain way and like why was i announcing this record and i kind of wrote him back i was like well you agreed to it right like i like i don't know what your problem is um but anyways like 
yeah, after being talked to like that, that that wasn't going to happen with me. So, um, right, understandable. So we dropped that record. That was one of the only ones we didn't do. Um, we had a problem with that band, the Svetlanas. Oh, uh, yeah. I, I, so, I follow them on Instagram, but I've never listened to them. Yeah, either. like, I don't So, like, after we did their, they're like, they've been notoriously hard to work with you know, any label that's ever worked with them doesn't work with them for longer than one record. Cause they're just, you know, they don't, they don't know. I, I don't know what they think, man, but the guy started giving me problems. Like, you know, every I, I've worked with hundreds of bands right? and we've put out over, you know, 120 some releases yeah. and like this guy, like put like a copyright, infringement claim on our band camp because we had the record for sale up on band camp. And I'm like, dude, like wow. he, I could go into the whole story, but you know, there's very few bands that like we don't work with or right. like didn't, didn't work out. So those were two rec, you know, so basically I just sold the rest. Of, I was like, here, you can take all the rest of your records at cost. You know, they right. were mad because, the dopamines record tales of interest and the Svetlana's record came out at the same time. Okay. And the dopamines record got really good publicity. It got like picked up by, you know, it got premiered by, um, noisy, like Dan Ozzy oh, wrote right, about. It. Right. And, um, and nobody, nobody wanted to touch the Svetlana's record. I don't know why I sent it to, you know, I had a publicist and he actually did a really good job. This guy, but he sent it to Brooklyn vegan. He sent it right. to all the big places and Nick Oliveri was in the band and like, or on the record, you know? Right. And I think like they were counting on just because like someone is famous in their band or something like that. Like they think that they're famous by proxy. So when no one gave a shit about that record, right. like they got mad at me about it. That's where it started, wow. you know? And I don't know, man, I don't have time for that fucking bullshit right this is uh trying to have fun here trying to do punk rock well, stuff. trying to have fun but like dude i like kiss my ass you know oh, right you, you, like talk to me first right you know like, like they didn't talk to me they just like went straight for for like you know they they i had to take it off of um spotify like like digital i had to they basically wanted me to take down everything, everything. like it didn't even exist after we had sold 500 copies of it. I was like, what the fuck is your problem, man? Right. I've never been treated like that by a band, but every, it doesn't matter because anybody who's worked with them, they all have the same story. That band's a nightmare. So whatever. Fuck them. <laughs> That's wild. That's like, uh, I don't know. You hear about that with like big bands. Um, Specialist. They think you're a big band, right? Like, but I, like uh, Morrissey, I can understand being like, "Look, I'm man, throw you my dick around." Yeah, just because you hire Greg Hetson to record your record doesn't make you a famous band. Right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So, yeah, I don't, I don't know, man. That 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 shit was that shit bummed me out because I'm not hard to work with, you no. know. Oh, so anyway, we did Rag Girlfriend 100, which was like the double compilation record, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. inside of it was the first hundred releases like pictures of them yeah except for that one <laughs> <laughs> did you, you do you remember Hell the, no, the number Look, you know i used to be more sensitive about stuff like right. that 
But like, I work my ass off, dude, and I don't rip anybody off. Right. See what yeah. it had. You know what it happened was so when you upload stuff to like for digital, yeah, and it goes on iTunes and YouTube and all this right. stuff, you'll get this thing from YouTube that says, you know, that um, if it's not owned by you or something, then like you can't like monetize it, so you can't make a ton of money off of it. If so, if you're getting like a million views, right. but it's you you have someone else's music or you know what i'm saying like you can't make money off of it right and they tell you that so what had happened was we had uploaded it or we gave it to the distributor they uploaded it everywhere and it was out everywhere and then they tried to put it on their own youtube channel oh and it got and flagged it, it was, well no it was fine but it gave them this message that said that we had already uploaded it right. and that if they and that they couldn't make you know any money off oh, of it no. if it reached like which is like a standard thing. Like, I, like, what do they think? They're going to, they're not the fucking Rolling Stones. You know, like, what do they think? We're going to make like a million dollars or get a million views. If you look at the, you know, dude, we're a really small label. And I told them this, I told, I laid everything out. I right. said like, you know, this is what we can do for you. This is what we cannot do for you. And this is what we will do for you. And um, yeah. And so like, once he saw that, I just don't think he understood, you know, what was happening. And why he was getting that message. And then the next day, dude, it was just, you know, take this down, you know, how, whatever, fuck it. <laughs> oh. Um, any other records that we didn't get to do? Yeah, I mean, there were, we, we had gotten asked to do the new Screeching Weasel record. This one that just came out? Yeah. yeah. And um, somebody on the label had a problem with it you know and yeah. it just like it wasn't worth it to me to get involved and in, you know what i'm right. saying and, and all of that like i would have loved to have done it and i shouldn't really give a fuck what anybody thinks about what i'm doing but right. you know as a close friend of mine and i you know i i gave it careful consideration and you know, so that was one that kind of sucked. Um, you know, who wouldn't have wanted right. punk label put out a screeching weasel record? That would have been cool. <laughs> um, trying to think. Yeah, I don't. I don't know. There's probably some other ones that that could have happened. You know, but yeah, those are some interesting examples. Right. The um. So I had Andrew Cabbage on. Um, his episode's about to come out. Mm-hmm. Uh, he he said that you're putting out uh, the caffeine's record. Is that right? Yeah, we we helped with the last one with uh, no gods, no caffeine, no decaf, no no decaf. Right. <laughs> sorry, uh, sorry, Andrew. Um, Unforgivable. I know. He, well, he's he's always been a real real good dude to me, man. He's he's a friend of mine. Oh, for sure. Um. And that's what that's what this label's about. I, I really, it's like I would I would rather put out my friends' records all day than worry about, you know, bullshit. Trying trying to find the the hot new thing or whatever. Right. Um, so yeah, he asked us to do to help out with this. And plus, you know, man, he he's always he's been there when I've needed him for help in the past too. You know, him and I did the um, the slights record together. Oh. And, okay. We did, um, he helped with the rad company 
Raging Nathan split seven inch. So, you know, man, it's, it's kind of like one of those things you need, if he needs help, if I need help, often we can ask each other for that. Yeah, man. He's a good guy. He, uh, he he put out pretty much all of our releases so far and it's pretty, yeah, pretty cool. Yeah. Oh yeah. Um, cabbage Esquire (laughs) or whatever they, whatever they do. Um, so you've been a record label for nine years, right? Yeah, since since late 2011. What uh, was there like a series of events where you're like tired of messaging labels and dealing with them? I'm I'm gonna start my own thing. Yeah, I was. I mean, I was in this band and we were doing our own thing, you know, and we were putting out records and actually it's kind of funny. Cause I, I think about that band now it was called rad company and we did a lot of cool stuff on our own. And that was just because, you know, and I was, I was younger and I wasn't so involved in what was going on outside of my little scene. You, yeah. you know what I mean? So right. It's like, there was, there was this, all this stuff going on. I mean, I've been going to shows for years, but they were all like local shows and, and like bigger shows, you know, yeah. like I went to the misfits or like, you know, whatever big bands were, were coming through. Right. And so I didn't, I didn't even, I guess I didn't realize that there was kind of this mid level world of touring bands. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so I just didn't understand until we, we had started this like the Dayton Dirt Collective and where it was like a DIY show space and, you know, touring bands yeah. would come through every day. I started to really understand what was going on then. Um, but yeah, I just, once we started putting out records, I, I, I guess I just couldn't get anyone interested in, in them, you know, and uh, the reviews that we were getting were not great, even though the band was good. And I go back and I listen to that stuff now and I'm like, this is good. Right. You know, and, and, and the bands that we played with, like even the big, like the cooler bands that we played with, they all liked us because we were unique in the, in the aspect of it wasn't just like we called it pop thrash nice. or thrash pop. It was just like, you know. Na- like really gritty pop punk but with like sometimes we throw in some blast beats or like whatever right. you know yeah spice it up and it was so it wasn't like everything that's people are listening to now or 10 years ago it was a little bit different i think because of that it was unique and people liked it so yeah but anyway i got you know i started to get bummed out when no one would help us put out records but also what i realized is like you know you don't really have any connections, right? right? You don't, you don't know these people. It's like the equivalent now of, you know, when I receive, uh, you know, a, an email that's like, here's our demo. Will you put out our band? And that's it. And I listen to everything. Yeah. And I, and sometimes there's stuff that I am like, man, this is really good, but that's what it is. You know, it's like, I think at the time, not only did I not know anybody, but, I didn't realize, you know, what it takes to put out a record. But anyway, so I just realized if it wasn't going to, if it wasn't going to happen for me like that, I was just going to do it myself. Yeah. So that's where that came in. 
Yeah. Yeah, man. Uh, from the outside looking in, it seems like you're doing pretty well. We've, we've gotten into a little groove, I think of, of how to do things. And every once in a while, a super cool record, you know, will come out of nowhere or an opportunity will happen. And, and that's the exciting part for me is meeting and going on tour was a big part of that because right. you meet so many people, yeah. you know, and if you click with, with them and, and also people that you don't necessarily click with right away, if you're working with them, you're in constant um, collaboration and constant contact with them. And so you can become better friends through the process of putting out a record, which I like also. Um, yeah. Yeah. But yeah, it's going, it's going pretty well. Nice. I'd like to find, I, I was just joking. Uh, who was I talking with? with oh, I was, I was talking to my friend from John from dead bars and he, he was asking me how the, how the label was going. And I was like, it's going, it's going well, but I would cert, I would really love to find, you know, our smash, you know? <laughs> right. <laughs> At this point, like I, I would love that. That'd be great. Yeah. So if the, you know, if the universe like, Here's me, you know. We would like to find our sin rad girlfriend, the Smash. Yeah. yeah please. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, I'll I'll be on the lookout for the Smash, to uh, yeah. to send your way. What um. So you've have you always been in punk bands? Have you have you played in other sort of bands? I guess. No, no, no other type of bands, man. But I was like, this is gonna sound silly, but. Um, you know, I grew up with a very diverse group of people Yeah, and, um, we listened, I, I, I primarily listened to, I mean, I, I, I grew up on punk rock and that was like the, the first stuff that I heard, Yeah, but the reason that I kind of ended up doing all this stuff in my later teens and early twenties, as opposed to like high school where a lot of kids kind of do this was because the people that I grew up with, man, my best friends, we all listened to to like rap and hip hop. Right. You know, and and I was really involved um at that point in like in like the early like two thousand like two thousand and like early two thousands with um just like the hip hop stuff that was going on in Dayton um and my friends, you know, we were all you know, freestyling. Like I, like I could actually rap, man. You know, I was pretty good. I know it sounds silly, but like, man, uh, drop some bars if you want. If it, if you feel yeah, so inclined, I'm a little out of practice. Okay. But, um, I, I use. I was in a rap group in high school. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it, dude. I mean, the we're, thing is, yeah. we had we had some serious like we had some serious people in our in our group in our little crew, man. So like. You know, Seriously, in Cincinnati, I, well, one of our dudes, so his brother, so my our, our friend Jake, growing up, his brother, his name was BJ, his, his rap name was Unseen. Now, Unseen Ooh. was part of the Animal Crackers in <laughs> Cincinnati. Okay. It was like a group of like MCs and DJs. Okay. But so, but BJ would battle and he was on, you know, I remember in high school, he had made it to the Carson Daly show. Oh, right? wow. And he and he battled on TV to this, this dude breeze ever flowing. And, um, yeah, I mean, but that it was, I was on national TV, man. I remember we were all in the apartment, like turning on the TV, Shit. watching, watching our, our friend 
you know, really kind of like start making shit happen. And that was how, that was our whole, our whole click, you know, like we sat around and smoked weed and fucking rapped and, and, um, skated and it was kind of like a hard and hard as nails little click so man we, like, yeah. we really were and but and it wasn't corny that's the thing is like right. it like back then it really like it just it was natural like I, I don't know it's hard to explain but there were these influences that were that were coming in that were from people that were really doing it you right. know what i'm saying like that were really kind of like playing show like doing scribble jam um, and I actually, so I, I reconnected with, with, with Mr. Dibs and he was a DJ for like atmosphere and he was, he's a DJ okay. for like run the jewels and stuff. Right. And he's from Cincinnati and he used to have this, this video called scratchy puncture. And it was just like a bunch of Cincinnati dudes doing wild shit, you know, and like, and like DJing and, um, but he was at a raging Nathan show with his wife. And I kind of was like, yo, man, I, I was like, you probably don't remember me from all these years back. But like, you know, we got talking about those those days and the people that we knew. And, um, you know, since then, like we've we've kind of connected. And it's like, I don't know, man, those, all those people like were influencing what I was doing in high school. And there kind of came this this point for me where I had to decide like what I was what I really wanted to do. Right. Like, did I want to pursue playing in bands or did I want to pursue like making like hip hop music or, or, or what, you know? And my, my decision came when like, you know, like some of those battle rappers, man, are so good. Yeah. You know I mean? Like the, the, the ability of, of people to come up with shit like that, you know? And I just realized like, if this is what you pursue, how good are you going to be at it? You know, yeah. I don't, I don't want to, I don't, I, I never wanted to be corny or mediocre or like, you know, rapping in a cypher with your friends and like, you know, saying some shit. That's awesome. But are you, are you going to be able to be a contender? Like, are you going to be able to, and I think like in the punk rock world, I've worked hard enough to do that. And maybe if I had spent my time writing rhymes, you know, for, you know, 12 hours a day, instead of like, you know, playing guitar or going, you know, right. stuff like that, it would have been different. I, I can't imagine what this is going to sound like to people listening, but you know, <laughs> yeah, it, it, it's true though. Yeah. So, um, were there any really, real big, um, rappers to come out of Dayton, I guess, or Cincinnati maybe. Um, I'm, I, I know well, like, I, in Talib Kweli oh, out of yeah. Cincinnati, um, Dayton, and eh, not really, not so much. But you know, it's like there's, uh, it's like Dayton always got name dropped. You know, like there's like that. Uh, um, what was that song? It was a uh, about it, about it part two, I think. With okay. it was like Master P and like Cameron and all that. It was like, you know, Dayton. Youngstown, Cleveland, Cincinnati. <laughs> you know, Dayton was always getting these little name drops here and there because it's just a nasty place, man. <laughs> really? Yeah, we've uh we've played in Youngstown at Westside Bowl, uh, but that's oh, and we played in we played Iron Fest two years ago. Oh yeah. yeah. So 
with John, John Gerhardt, Black Arm John. Right, Black Arm John. And he's, um, he's, he's a great dude, man. Yeah, it's a Youngstown's like three or four hours away from from Dayton. Yeah, that's uh, but even even Youngstown, it's like just driving around. It's like man, there's there's some grime here, like good grime, like you know, story yeah, grime, I guess. A lot of these cities are no joke, man. Yeah. Yeah, it seems like Ohio is uh, uh, how how people think of like Texas as like a different country kind of kind of deal. Like it seems like Ohio has that same sort of. Uh, yeah, it can be a different world. There's a lot of like Dayton's Dayton's an interesting place because it's it's pretty gritty, man. You know, it's it, it was interesting history because the city is like it used to be segregated. You know, even to a point. It still is right. The West, you know, the West side is mainly black. The white side or the um, the East side is kind of a mix. But then like the South is all like the suburbs, you know, and the North. That's where I was. I was up North, like North of the, of the river. And I don't know. It's just when you get downtown, it's kind of like a convergence of, of everybody. You know what I mean? There's like a history of, of like, so a lot of like the black neighborhoods now were like back in the early, like the twenties and thirties were like Jewish neighborhoods and the Jews got pushed. They weren't allowed to live in certain areas. It's, mm. it's like a, a really interesting history of the city. Um, but you know, when you, when you get downtown and, and in those areas is where everybody is to all together. Um, it's wild, man. You know? Yeah. Uh, I think most cities are probably like that. Yeah, I think so. Like, um, I'm in Mobile, Alabama. I don't, mm-hmm. I don't know if you've had the pleasure of, of going through here. Like, uh, we, no, I don't know about Mobile. We, we would play Birmingham and, um, shit. What's the other place in Alabama? Hunt, Huntsville. Huntsville. Yeah. 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 This is uh so we're like, if you're going from like Florida to New Orleans, on the mm-hmm. interstate, we're right in the middle. Uh, but yeah, it's the same way of, it's like half, I think we're like half black, half white, um, you know, population wise. And then, and that's the funny thing too, is like you go to a big city and there's all sorts of different kinds of people. Right. You know, Dayton is like, it's black, it's white. I, there's, there's like a Hispanic population but that's about it, man. You don't have, there's not much diversity when it comes to people of color, you know, or different like ethnicities and races and, you know, in, in Dayton, it's, it's kind of, kind of weird. I think a lot of Midwest places are like that. Yeah. What, uh, what's the deal with Skyline Chili? Cincinnati, man. Cincinnati. Yeah. Sky, love some Skyline. We, uh, we stopped in one, uh, last time we were up around there and, you know, for people who haven't been to Skyline, you know, it's it's spaghetti with chili and then like an entire bag of shredded cheese, right? Yeah, I mean that's so that's like the like the, the classic the three way or whatever, but you you know, I, I only get like the like the conies. Hot dog? So, Is that a hot dog? Yeah, it's a hot dog with the cheese and onions and mustard and um chili. And they put I think Skyline has like the um Cinnamon in the chili. Cinnamon in the chili. That's what makes it a little special. But I, I remember, like, hearing the order in front of us, 
and they ordered extra cheese on the thing. And I was like, holy shit. How much cheese do you need? All, all the cheese. All the man. cheese? Yeah. What's the... Uh, so you tour in in normal, you know, non-COVID world. You you guys tour a whole bunch, right? Yeah, I mean, as much as as possible. I used and I, I used to tour a lot with other bands, and you know, as a fill-in guy or like whatever. Um, but the Nathans, I, I really wanted to start focusing on the Nathans instead right. of putting in time with other people, but all that time playing in other bands helped me, you know, open the door a little bit for the right. Nathans. But yeah, touring as much, tour as much as possible. It, now I, I, I'm coming to the conclusion that it needs to be worth it. You know, it's, it, it's hard to tour anymore if it's not, if you don't feel satisfied afterwards, oh, you for know, sure. right. Yeah. Not just, I, I, sorry. Well, I have kids, you know, and right. a family and to be away from them is harder and harder. If you're not getting anything out of touring, if it's not benefiting you, you know, if you're just playing these really shitty shows to five people not making any money it's not that that's not worth it it's just is it worth it to be gone from my family right you know what i mean um but with everything i mean that takes time some bands are lucky right off the bat dude some bands make it some bands get taken out by bigger bands or get signed to a label or whatever i the nathans are in an interesting spot because I think that we've worked real hard for the opportunities that we've gotten. We're just one of those bands. We're not going to, we're not going to magically, you know, be opening up for a big band. It's, it, it, it all takes a lot of work for us. Right. You know, and that's one of the reasons that we've been putting out so much music because if we can't be on tour right now, we might as well be, writing songs and uh, putting out records, especially since I have the means to do it. Um, eventually I feel like I just put out, we'll just put out enough records where people will stop ignoring us. <laughs> right, stop, you know what I'm saying? Like uh, you throw enough, you, you put enough out there yeah, man. and and maybe someone will pay attention as long as it's good. You know, it's, right. I, like I said earlier, you can't just, flood the market with bullshit but if we're constantly putting out decent material um yeah hopefully hopefully people pay attention yeah man you gotta keep ringing your bell you know and somebody's gonna hear it yeah that's that's what i think i was actually just listening to um nate albert from the my my boston's on on uh toby morse from h2o's podcast And uh, so Nate Albert is like the executive vice president of Warner Records. Really? Yeah. And um, yeah, he, 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 after he left the Boston's, he like went to work in the music industry. And he, he said something that was really interesting. Something I don't remember exactly. It was to the effect of like, you know, luck is like a wind or something. And if you throw enough, you know, 
<laughs> throwing enough shit out there, like, right. you know, eventually it'll start blowing your way. Or well, I, don't know. I, I can't recall exactly what he said, but right. it was kind of interesting because I, I, I got the point of it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. I like that sort of energy. Like, I get that a lot just from talking to you right now and also looking at, you know, all the stuff you put out and all, all the touring and all the, you know, all, all the, your various band business. It reminds me um, of like how Andrew operates to Andrew Cabbage because he's always putting stuff out and it's just a constantly just like grinding with, with material yep. in a, in a good way. I, I, I've, I feel like I came to the conclusion that, you know, I have goals and ambitions and there's things that I, that I want out of this, but I also understand that you don't always get what you want. Right. Sure. And so my, my solution to this is, is the putting out the records thing. If I can't be in a, a band that does the things that I want to do, then I'm going to put out records to still be involved in helping other bands do the things that they want to do. Even if I'm just a stepping stone on their path to something else. Right. And also for the raging Nathans, I feel like, and, and, and any music that I create, um, I'm going to put out as much of it as I can because and I don't want to sound morbid, but it, uh, you know, Hey man, I don't know what, what could happen tomorrow, you know, and I get hit by a bus or, or whatever. And I got a kid and that's really important to me that I, that I leave. I mean, I got two kids that I think, you know, I need to leave something. This is, this is what I'm leaving. This is my legacy for people. Nice. And it's not so much people as it is like when I'm not around anymore, I think by listening to those records, my kids will be able to understand me or get to know me in a little bit of a different way than right. as like dad, dad, you know, right. and I'm a pretty unconventional parent as it is. It's not like, I, I'm not like my parents or certainly, you know, right. Uh, but that's what I think about when I put, I'm putting out records is what am I, what what what's my point here wow <laughs> what am i what am i doing here yeah <laughs> and i guess this is what i'm gonna be, this is what i'm doing wow because if i wasn't putting out records then what would i do what would i be doing i'd be working yeah and, and what you raise your kids and then, then you die right. right so at least this is something to fill in that gap you know yeah wow man that's uh that sounds like a, a HBO documentary, you know, in, in 30 years. I think about this shit all day long. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> I didn't, uh, that, that was deep. I, I enjoyed it. The, uh, yeah. Oh, maybe I should have been a fucking philosophy major, man. Uh, there's still time. Man. I, don't, I don't think that pays very well. Actually, I got a, I got a really bad grade in philosophy because if I started, talking about i started asking the guy about fucking like aliens and ufos and shit and like where that like where that plays into like the whole philosophical you know and he just like totally you know i think he thought i was like kidding i'm not i wasn't kidding i just it didn't it didn't fit his script you know oh man pushing pushing these non-alien narratives 
in, in the in these colleges, man. Just want to know what he thought about it. <laughs> wow. Um, let's see. So we've been we've done like forty minutes here. Let's see. We did. Uh, as I said uh, earlier, we did get a question in uh, on my Instagram. Well, we, we actually got two questions, but it's from the same same person. Was it like? Like, what's his fucking problem or something like that? <laughs> Let's see here. Uh, okay. Okay. So the, the first question comes from from House Ghost, the band. Uh, how are his pet turtles doing? How, how are your turtles? Are my turtles doing? Yeah. They're, they're good. <laughs> so um, I, I have... So the story behind it, so I have two turtles. I named them Stigma and Pig Champion. <laughs> nice. And uh, I, we were in, we were on tour. We were in Los Angeles and I was in Chinatown or somewhere. I was, and this guy had like stacks of these little um, terrariums, you know, yeah. these little tiny ones with these baby turtles in them. And I don't know what I was thinking, man. I think I was just like, if I don't, something came over as like, if I don't take one of these turtles or this box of turtles, like they're going to die or like get eaten or something. So I think I paid like 10 bucks and I took these two little turtles in this little plastic terrarium. Now this is crazy. Cause so this is in Los Angeles, right? Right. Once the tour was over, I had to fly to, New York city to, to play some shows with the slow death. Yeah. Well, everyone's like, you're a fucking idiot. Why did you buy a bunch of turtles? And you got to fly. You're going to have to drive home. Like these things are going to fucking die. Like what is your, your they were, people were pissed except for, except for Dave Whiffler. Um, who was, who was like, you know, the, like our merch guy. And he was like, Van pets, tight. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, all right, thank you for the support, dude. So after I got the turtles, Nick's grandpa, now me and Nick were the only ones who could drive because Jared can't drive well okay. and uh, Dave didn't have a license. So it was just the four of us. And um, well, it, there was another guy too. But anyways, Nick got a phone call that his grandpa got sick. Yeah. And was about to die. So he had to fly home from tour, actually. And we finished the we finished the tour as a three piece instead of a four piece. And um but this created a problem for me because that meant that I was the only person who could drive Oof. home right. from our last show was at Gilman Street. And we had and I had to drive from Berkeley or all the way to Dayton, Ohio. And I only had three days to do it because the day after that I had to get on a plane and go to, to New York. Right. So I fucking drove, you know, for three days straight, like stopping at car stops and fuck, just taking naps and just, I mean, I felt crazy. Like that shit changed me, dude. <laughs> you know, I, I, I got home and I was like, I got, got out of the car and I was like seeing like the lines from the road and right. shit. But anyways, so the whole point about it with the turtles is I fucking made it home with the turtles. Damn. 
I, I, I cared for these turtles and I fed them and I changed their water and shit. And I brought these turtles home. And I'm the first thing I did when I got home was, uh, the next day I went and bought a fucking turtle tank Yeah. and then, and set up this turtle tank. And then the next day I went to New York. But the dumb thing that I did was I had called my wife and kids and I was like, guess what? Daddy's got turtles. Oh, man. So you had to bring them home. Oh, yeah. And they were like, what the fuck is the matter with you? Like, don't you like, didn't you even consider that like these turtles are going to die? Right. <laughs> I was like, no, I didn't. I didn't consider that. So, yeah, they're doing the turtles are doing well. They're huge. <laughs> so, so how long have because turtles live for like 20 years? Uh, about three years, two and a half years, yeah. something like that. Wow. Wow. Do you plan on yeah. getting more uh, turtles to? Uh, no, dude. One pet. I've had so many pets, dude. No, no more tur. No, no more anything. Nothing. No. Okay. Um. So we got another question from House Ghost, and it said, uh, "Bleaching your hair again anytime soon." It, it looks pretty bleached to me. I'm gonna shut up. He was just here. He just picked up all his house ghost records. <laughs> Bleaching my hair again. You shaving your head anytime soon? <laughs> again? Uh oh man. Um oh one thing I want to talk about. So you guys um uh, you you've done a lot of touring with Wonky in it? We did three tours with them. We did two in the U.S. and one in the U.K. Yeah. That's one of those bands that's like uh, the way he writes his songs. Um, it's weird because like every song could be a different like punk almost, genre. or Yeah, almost different a genre of music. Yeah. For sure. yeah um, we, we did a split seven inch with them too. Yeah. How'd you guys hook up with them? Uh, is also a funny story is that we were so we were going to fest one year in Gainesville and we were gonna go with I I think it was not scientists from France. Okay. We had been talking and they like we we had planned on touring down there together. And then I got a email from Tib that said like they had gotten offered a tour with I think Mast Intruder and the copyrights or something and okay. that you know they were sorry to drop off but and, and of course that's right. a much better you know <laughs> well tough. a much better much better shows you know tough to pass up um, so then I got out of nowhere I kind of got an email from my friend Julian who runs Drunken Sailor Records and he had just released the their compilation record the feel the wonkness the poisson idea and uh he just said that there's this band and they're looking for somebody to tour with because they're playing fest and um would i be interested and it just kind of worked out because not scientists had just canceled and um so i didn't know the guys at all (laughs) i didn't and and i was just like yeah fuck it like Tell them I'll drive. We'll do it, you know. Right. And that was it. And and we, the minute that they got into the car, <laughs> it was like, like we just, you know, we just hit it off. So yeah, that worked out real well. Damn. I, I, I hope that I think that we're gonna try and plan on doing it 
next October also. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah. Yeah. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's weird how, uh, dealing with bands or communicating with bands works out. Cause you know, yeah, you know, like you said, you didn't, you didn't know these guys. It could have been, really it could have been a nightmare. Yeah. yeah but, but like very, very rarely. Right. Do I not get along? Well, not that I, I don't know. There, it's very rarely that I've been on tour with another band that I've really not liked or had a distaste for, you know? Yeah. So, and I think most of the people are kind of in it for the same reason, but there are definitely some annoying people on tour, but, um, you know, I do, I mainly try to get along with everybody, but those guys, it was different because like, it wasn't just getting along with them. It was like, you know, we all, we clicked like real, real good. Right. So. Wow. Um, yeah, man, we've done, uh, 50 ish minutes. Yeah, it works for me. Yeah. Are you do you play music too or? Yeah. Yeah, we're uh the handsome scoundrels. Um Or wait, play music like on no, the podcast. No, no. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, yeah, man. I do play music. Uh no, not really. I kind of just make it a um just a conversation. Cool. Yeah. Um plug plug all your stuff, plug your social medias and oh dude i i don't you know hey i i'm josh from rad girlfriend and raging nathans and i'm pretty accessible man i mean people you know if you want to get a hold of me or buy some records or listen to one of my bands like people know how to do it i'm not you know there's no there's no secret here <laughs> open book <laughs> cool man well thanks for doing this i appreciate it yeah thank you for asking me good luck with the rest of your shows man.